Blog Talk Radio. The unofficial start of the season is nearly here with the Big Ten Media Days this week. Let's preview conference topics plus talk where Purdue fits in the Big Ten West. Much more on the Gold and Black Radio Podcast. Kyle Charters here with Tom Deanhart, who will be down in Indianapolis over the next couple of days. Uh, Tom, looking forward to, uh, for me, this was always sort of the start of the season, right? Yes, indeed. You've, uh, you've been to many of these scintillating events in the past, Kyle. <laughs> a lot of hot air and a lot of coaches <laughs> talking about various subjects, players with their collars cinched too tight around their thick necks, answering questions <laughs> about their socks usually or something. But, yeah, I agree with you. I guess I kind of always first look at when those magazines hit the newsstands in June, around July 4th, maybe. But, yeah, when media days hit here, you know the season's right on our doorstep. So Big Ten will go on Tuesday and Wednesday this week at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis for a second year in a row. And, Kyle, we were talking off there. I think I think the event may end up staying down there. Maybe the move yeah. to L.A., the year that the L.A. schools come in, but I think it went well last year in uh, Indianapolis. No more banquet, though. If, if any listeners probably recall, they had that, that banquet that the public could come to and get autographs and whatnot. So that's been a casualty, but I think the league liked how, you know, it worked last year for the players and the coaches and the media down in Indianapolis. Yeah. All right, let's jump into to some of these uh, topics, including the Cleveland.com preseason poll that was released um, this morning. I think 36 voters uh, sort of picking the the West and the East along with some other uh, preseason individual player awards. Purdue picked in that poll to finish fourth in the West. uh, Behind who? Wisconsin. Uh, I should have it right in front of me here. Wisconsin, Iowa. Minnesota uh, was. Minnesota had 162 points, Purdue about 153. So it was pretty close there between Minnesota and Purdue yeah. between third and fourth. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that? Purdue slide in there at fourth ahead of Nebraska, Illinois, and then Northwestern in seventh in the Big Ten West. I think it's it's okay. Uh, I could have seen Purdue being as high as third, but like I said, they were it was pretty close between them and Minnesota. The Gophers did receive two first-place votes. I did take part in this poll, Kyle. I did not vote Minnesota to win the Big Ten West. But, uh, <laughs> again, I, Wisconsin, Iowa, yes, right at the top. I think I had that. And I think I did have Purdue third, Minnesota fourth, and Nebraska fifth. And, you know, Nebraska is interesting, uh, Kyle. They were a team that was it's just got off and has been getting a lot of preseason loves. Uh, so some people had them in their preseason top 25, picked very high in the Big Ten West. So I guess that was the one surprise when I un- unopened uh, my email today to see Nathan Baird of Cleveland.com's poll for Cleveland.com. And uh, to see Nebraska at fifth, I guess, I thought maybe it would be a little bit higher. I think fifth is where they belong, but like I said, they were getting a lot of love, and I thought maybe that would be reflected in this poll, but it wasn't. Yeah, the Cornhuskers have had something like, what, 25 transfers? Uh, wow. I think hoping to uh... – make some improvements by how they have been the first few years under Scott Frost. Uh, fifth, I don't think, will make a lot of Nebraska fans uh, happy, but I, I agree with you that's probably 
uh, where they uh, deserve to be. In the in the East, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Rutgers, and then Indiana, which I fear could be really bad, finishing in, in seventh in the East. Um, what do you think about uh, – how things line up in the East. I mean, no, no shockers really there. Yeah, I think that's 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 I think how most people would have it. Maryland, Maryland could be a little bit of an X factor if their quarterback Tungli Alavola. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, if he's as good as people think, he's sort of flying under the radar. People talking about C.J. Stroud and O'Connell, but the Maryland quarterback's very good. So yeah, I think that the East is pretty representative. Uh, and, uh, you know, hot seat coaches, right? I think Scott Frost is on the hot seat, without a doubt, right? Talked about the transfers he's brought in. Redid his offensive staff as new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, who was at Pitt. Uh, they got to get it done this year, don't they? I think Tom Allen in Indiana, while you, while you think they're going to be abysmal this year, even if they are, I think his leash is still long enough where he probably comes back uh, for 2023. Uh, you know, maybe Mike Loxie is on a little bit of a hot seat at Maryland, uh, but they did go to a bowl last year and they won it over Virginia Tech in the Pinstripe Bowl. So, by and large, I think most of these coaches in the conference look like they're pretty secure with, again, Scott Frost being the one true guy on a hot seat in the Big Ten, I think. Yeah, I mean, Scott Frost, and then as you mentioned, Tom Allen, but I, I just think they would give Tom Allen another year, even if Indiana. Uh, yeah. is is bad this season, which I think Indiana's got some issues. They lost a lot of players. They brought in a bunch of players, but, man, they play. If they don't win games early, they're certainly not going to win games late as you look at their schedule a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Boilermakers. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of anticipation around here about Purdue. In my opinion, probably the most anticipated season since, man, you have to go, I think back almost 20 years to 2003, right? I mean, it was somewhat wow. a similar situation uh, back then, though, you know, that defense was really good. Uh, but you had a known quarterback, uh, obviously, in, in Kyle Orton. Now, the season didn't start the way Purdue had hoped with the loss to, to Bowling Green in the first week. But I don't know. Don't you have to go back that far? I mean, is there anything really since then that, that you know, maybe Jeff Brom's first season, but that was – that was a different kind of anticipation. That was a, the anticipating change more than anticipating being good. What do you think? I think to a lesser degree, maybe 2019, um, coming off yeah. back-to-back bowl appearances for Purdue. They did get hammered in the Music City Bowl by Auburn to sort of take some of the hue off that 2018 season. But still, um, Ron Del Moore was coming back, right? Elijah Sindelar. Yeah. Had Bell and Karloftis, so there was there was a, a degree of I think fun anticipation that year. Again, nothing substantial like 2003, but that was a year I think there was some uh, there was some excitement and anticipation. So yeah, how do you handle those expectations if you're Purdue? Right, sort of a different dynamic for a lot of the players on this team in this program of recent history. So we'll find out. You know, right off the bat, won't we, Kyle, with that Penn State game September 1st? Uh, at home on a Thursday night, Fox TV, national TV audience. So um, ticket sales are going good. And, uh, and again, uh, like, like you and I think, this could be one of the more anticipated seasons in uh, recent program history. 
Yeah, and, you know, we look a lot at the schedule and think that Purdue could get off to a hot start, but also we know that Jeff Brown's teams here in the last several seasons have not started seasons well. Um, So it'll be an interesting dynamic there to see, you know, Purdue needs to start well at the season if it's to become what people hope it becomes, but Purdue has not really – really done that here in recent years yeah you know he lost his first three season openers right louisville northwestern and nevada and has won the last two they beat iowa at home in that pandemic year then of course last year they took down oregon state in ross state stadium and uh this obviously is a heck of a different challenge with penn state rolling and kyle this is a penn state program with a lot to prove james franklin did get a contract extension in november he does have a new AD, but they're only 11 and 11, an aggregate 11 and 11 the last two years. Uh, they need to get some traction at Penn State. They can't afford to lose start the year with a loss to Purdue, I don't think. There's enough heavy lifting in the Big Ten East for them to deal with. So uh, they got a big sense of urgency coming in here. And this will be Penn State's first trip to West Lafayette since 2016. And, Kyle, why don't you tell me about that game? <laughs> 2016? Yeah. State? Well, I'm sure it didn't go very well. <laughs> well they gave up 62 points, the most ever given up uh, on it. I tried to erase that one. Yeah. I tried to erase the second half of that. Compensation. You should have some type of like combat pay cop, which you had to endure there for, for a few years. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was... It's the the game that always no, – we're going to go off topic here, and we'll just do it briefly here. But the game that always stands out to me of that season is the Maryland game. That oh, Maryland God, yeah. loss, 50-7 to seven or whatever it, it, it was, uh, Purdue started a player at left tackle that had no business um, being on the field that day. Um, that was the moment. I mean, if you didn't know before, that was the one where you're like, well, this is over. And then Purdue won the next week, but you're still, mm-hmm. uh, you're still like, yeah, this thing's not happening. It's over. Yeah, they they won in Illinois in overtime, then got beat by Iowa, I think, at home, and then Mike Bobinski um, made the move. Parker's finishes yeah. the year, right? And then they bring in Jeff Brom, and off and away Purdue goes. So year six for Jeff Brom, it's hard to believe it's already year six. I think it's safe to say he's done a pretty good job, right? And uh, considering what he inherited, what he's been able to accomplish in five years, and uh, they're trending up. And that's always obviously a positive sign. Aiden O'Connell's getting some national publicity. Uh, anytime you got a quarterback like that, Kyle, you, as you know, you're going to have a chance to probably win most of these Saturdays as you go out there. All right, let's talk some Big Ten topics. Obviously, uh, college football is, is changing a lot from a national perspective. The Big Ten is right in the middle of that. It will be adding... USC and UCLA in a couple of years. I'm sure expansion will be a hot topic. Here's my question for you, Tom. Will Notre Dame or Indiana be talked about more over the next couple of days? Who will be talked about more as a topic at Big Ten Media Days? The the Indiana Hoosiers, who are actually in the Big Ten, or the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are actually not in the Big Ten? They hope to get in the Big Ten at some point, right? I, I think Notre Dame, without a doubt. Um, much to IU football fans' chagrin, right, if there's many IU football fans out there. 
But um, yeah, the uh, Notre Dame's the one, the one, uh, I guess, dynamic that everybody's sort of waiting to see what they're going to do. What's Notre Dame's move going to be? Are they going to stay independent? Are they going to join a conference? I think things as they stand nationally are have settled down from what you read. People don't anticipate any changes in the next couple of years at least. I think the next big thing to watch for is uh, what will the playoff look like in the future? What will the next model be? How many teams will it include? And how will those teams get into the playoffs? It's largely a field pick uh, from an at-large standpoint. That's good for Notre Dame. No need to join a conference. There's automatic bids. There's not as many at-large opportunities. That's not good for Notre Dame. They may have to join a conference. So the thing is Notre Dame and what the playoffs going to look like. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, the ACC, those schools look like they're tied up with their grant rights through 2036. And there's no interest from the SEC or the Big Ten about adding anybody from the Pac-12 or the Big 12 at this point. Yeah. What, remember years ago with Notre Dame and the, the big thing with Notre Dame is it has this TV contract. It's just so funny now to look at the dollars you're talking about in Notre Dame and its TV contract. It's like pennies on the dollar for everyone else. I mean, that was the big yeah, they, thing, right? In the, the 80s yeah. and 90s, you were like, oh, Notre Dame's independent because they have this huge contract with NBC. And now it's like you look at that contract and what? It's like $15 million. It's like a drop yeah. in the bucket for whatever. I mean, Purdue's going to be getting, with this new contract, like $100 million, right? What do you even <laughs> do with that money? I know. It's, uh, it's a huge check to get deposited uh, in the old bank account. Um, yeah, Notre Dame, there was a report this last week. Somebody said Notre Dame probably only wants, would like, ideally, to get $75 million, even if they don't get that per year, which may be uh, a dreamy, dreamy thought. Uh, it still doesn't seem like they're going to be driven solely by their TV contract money. they got plenty of money. The big thing for Notre Dame is access to the playoffs. You have to be able to sell that to recruits. You have to be able to look a kid in the eye and say, you can come to Notre Dame, and you can play in the playoff and win a national championship. <clears throat> so that's more important than, than TV dollar money. Again, that's obviously always important. But, again, uh, I think the Irish, you know, the access to that playoff is probably the most important thing at this point. Yeah. All right, what other topics do you think you'll uh, you'll talk about? Transfers, obviously. There was a little bit of a report or thought this week that uh, you might have just straight-up open transfers, uh, like not just one-time transfers, but like, you know, whenever. Uh, the NCAA itself, I'm sure, more power conference talk. What do you think some of the topics that will be talked about over the next couple of days? Yeah, people seem to forget. I think in most every other sport in college, Kyle, you could always transfer as many times as you wanted and be immediately eligible. There's only a handful of sports like foot basketball, men's basketball, maybe baseball, that you couldn't do that. So those other sports haven't fallen apart because kids can move as many times as they want and still be eligible. So well, we'll see where that goes, but it's going to be a topic, obviously, like you said. <clears throat> that's a story that's bubbled up in recent days. Talked about conference realignment. We'll get some thoughts on the coaches and players on what they think the addition of USC and UCLA is going to mean. Uh, that's going to be interesting. NIL, I saw a story today where in Alabama, they're going to open up a, a team store in, in cooperation or conjunction with Fanatics 
where they're going to sell athlete merchandise, authentic merchandise, game-worn stuff of that ilk. So sort of a, another evolution in this NIL game. So NIL is going to be a big topic, obviously, as well. And then, Kyle, too, there was a report this last week about Sean, was it Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback, and some others you know, meeting with the Big Ten commissioner. <clears throat> you know, I don't think they want to call it a union at this point, but they met with the commissioner with some demands that – couple of them centered around health care, and the other one centered around revenue sharing, right? So here we go, right? <laughs> yeah. Will we, ever see a, will we ever see a union formed? And, and I know that comes with a lot, of, uh, a lot of ramifications, but a union will allow the Big Ten to collectively bargain with its players, right? You could set a salary cap. You could set limits on transfers. You can, you can bargain stuff. And right now there's just no structure. And, you know, maybe it's something like a union will give structure to the whole process, and you could set up parameters in those guardrails everybody talks about, and you could negotiate and bargain on a lot of these points. Yeah. Those are huge topics, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. All right, uh, let's, let's get down into a little bit more of the specifics about Purdue. Uh, let's do that coming up next on the podcast. Uh, who's Purdue's number one receiver? We'll hit on that topic and more after the break. You're listening to Gold and Black Radio. It's time to boiler up and join the Brom squad by gearing up with the best selection of Purdue apparel in stock only at Follett's. Visit the Black and Gold Mine store across from Mackey or Follett's Purdue West on State Street for the best game day apparel from Nike, Columbia, Champion, Cutter and Buck, and more. Shop Follett's late on game day weekends. Follett's has been your Purdue game day stop since 1945. If you can't make it to the game, shop online at FollettsPurdue.com. Often, things are worth more than they seem. For Purdue grad and NASA astronaut Jerry Ross, incredible value was found in the Purdue Alumni Visa, not just because of the exclusive Purdue card designs, but for the unlimited cash back and out-of-this-world visa benefits. Discover the official Purdue Alumni Visa credit card. Apply today at PurdueFed.com. Purdue Federal Credit Union. Belong where you have worth. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Easton Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. 
Well, Chargers talking to Tom Deanhart, who's got his tape recorder ready to head down to Indianapolis, get himself a shrimp cocktail, and talk to a couple of Big Ten football <laughs> coaches. Big Ten media days here over the, the next couple of days. Let's talk uh, some Purdue-specific things. I'm sure you have a whole bunch of questions for Jeff Brom. Um, one of my big questions that we sort of previewed there before the break was, I think Purdue's got some wide receiver options. Does it have uh, wide receiver options to be like the guy? Purdue has had a guy here over the last several seasons, obviously Rondell Moore and then David Bell. Does it have a guy now? Yeah, that's that is like you said, one of the bigger questions hanging over this team. It doesn't appear like they have that one guy who, who defensive coordinators are going to circle with their red sharpie and and toss and turn and stay uh, sleepless on Friday nights worrying about. Um, but I think there is a just a raft of very good receivers that can make this work. We saw that in the Music City Bowl when Purdue played without David Bell or Milton Wright and still were very effective offensively, right? Um, I think Brock Thompson may be the best chance to be that alpha. Of course, he was the star in Nashville, big, big game plan on two bad shins. I'm really intrigued, Kyle, by the two Iowa transfers, Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones. Both are going to play big roles, I think, not just as pass receivers, but Jones is a return man. I think Tyrone Tracy, to a lesser degree, carrying the football. And then there's T.J. Sheffield. I think that's, that could be your fourth guy to watch. He, of course, hurt his ankle in the Music City Bowl had surgery. Um, he's a redshirt junior. I think it's time, Kyle, for T.J. Sheffield to make that proverbial next step. Uh, and then you just look down the rest of the roster, Mershon Rice, Dura Rahman Yassin, you know, Deion Burks, Preston Terrell. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the Elijah Canyon kid from Auburn. you got Colin Sullivan. So there, there's a good collection of guys. Again, maybe not a blue-chip NFL surefire player, but Enough guys, I think, to make it pass game effective. I like Mershon Rice. I just wish he could stay healthy. I mean, that has just been – I mean, we're going on like three years now of just not being able to stay healthy. Yeah, it was the foot last year up in Notre Dame. He was lost early. His seam was lost early after hurting a knee that he'd already had injured in practice. Talked about Sheffield's injury, of course. Brock Thompson had surgery on both shins, so – None of those guys took Bart in spring ball. The all are, from what, I, from what I'm told, should be ready to go here for camp and have been working out. So, like you said, they just got to try to keep them healthy this year. And, of course, don't forget about the tight ends. Uh, maybe maybe the best tandem in the Big Ten was Payne Durham and Garrett Miller. Paul Ferry is a legit option, too. So, those are safety valves and guys that could create some space for those receivers, too. How about number one running back? Is that is that definitely King Daru, or could he be challenged? Well, I think he can be challenged. I, I think it's his job to lose. I think he's going to get that benefit of the doubt as, as a true senior here for what he's done for the program. Kobe, Kobe uh, Lewis from Central Michigan is going to push. He, he's, I think he's just more of a dynamic back. He's a guy who has rushed for 1,000 yards in a season. Um, a little bit more giddy up to him. He can catch the ball. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, at some point he becomes your number one back. You're going to need at least two, three guys, right? So I think whoever is not the number one guy is still going to see their share of work. Uh, but, again, I wouldn't be shocked if the uh, Central Michigan kid, Kobe Lewis, 
ends up emerging. And then Dylan Downing has lost weight. He's still a factor as well. And then, of course, I talked about Tyrone Tracy, too. Um, could be deployed a lot like Jackson Anthropoid was last year. Maybe carry the ball two or three or four times a game. Jet sweeps, quick pitches, just get him on the perimeter with the ball and see what he can do. Aiden O'Connell will be one of the Boilermakers uh, down in Indianapolis this week. Uh, he has already had a big week, played in a little golf event, uh, what, over the weekend. Uh, he'll get married next weekend. Uh, and then his season, his sixth season, will start. I mean, how much – this is an obvious question, but a lot of Purdue success this season will rest on his shoulders, as it tends to do for quarterbacks at Purdue. But he's got a chance to be pretty good, uh, maybe really good. And, and you know, maybe if all, you know when all is said and done, perhaps he can put himself up there with some of the other great uh, Purdue quarterbacks. He could have numbers a lot like Curtis Painter, couldn't he, Kyle? I mean, uh, David Blau. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the question, is. though, is the, the Curtis Painter numbers, not, not to rip on Curtis, because he was a very excellent thrower of the football. Um, but I think if you're Purdue, you want him to be more than that, right? I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the numbers yeah. there for Curtis are sort of just numbers um, where I think O'Connell has a chance to be perhaps a little bit more than just the numbers. Yeah, and win some big games, too, right? That was something Painter never really yeah. was able to do. It was elevate everybody and win some big games. He beat who he was supposed to, but never really delivered in clutch moments against marquee teams. And O'Connell's already showed that ability, right, against Michigan State up at Iowa as well in the bowl game against Tennessee. So I think you know, this could be a guy who's just maybe – I'm not saying he's Kyle Wharton or Drew Brees or Jim Everett, but – this is a guy who can just sort of get on the precipice within the earshot of those guys, I think, with, with a 4,000-yard season. And if he could deliver Purdue another nine in one year and get to a nice bowl game, um, and I think that's probably what's going to have to happen for Purdue to really fulfill his expectations. That's not a big, bold statement, but he's that important. But, boy, I tell you what, Jeff Brown has to be really ecstatic just having a quarterback of that ilk back uh, with that experience. Um the only real word they got, who's going to be the number two guy, Austin Burton or Michael Alamo. I still think it's going to be Austin Burton. I still think we're going to see Burton play with a certain package of plays in certain down-and-distance situations just to use his skill set. So they have a nice situation at quarterback, I think. Aiden O'Connell, the best collegiate thrower of the fade that I've ever seen. Wow, that's a lot. Wow. But that's, a, that's a generally, I think, a horrible pass, right? Especially when you're in the red zone, but how many how many touchdowns has he completed on the fade in his career? Yeah, it feels like like ten. I mean, for him, he completes it. Yeah. A lot of other guys, not good. Uh, I think quickly here, thing, any yeah. injuries? Go ahead. Uh, no, no, I, I think they're fine. You know, the one guy to a lesser degree is Sanusi Kane. He had off-season hip surgery. I'm not going to be ready for camp, but. As far as I know, all the key players should be good to go here. Um, they were banged up this spring, so they should be pretty healthy. We'll check in with, with the coach on that this week, too. But, uh, yeah, they should be torqued up and ready to go here with their full roster. There you go. All right, thanks, Tom. Have, uh, have a good time in Indy. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for the podcast for this week. Be sure to uh, check in on goldenblack.com. 
for Tom's reporting from Indianapolis. All right, that'll do it for the podcast. Of course, we'll be back again next Monday with this version of the podcast as we get ready for training camp. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.